Welcome to Fit Story TV, the only platform that is focused on storytelling for fitness experts. Our mission with this podcast is to empower you to harness your vulnerability and lead with your story. If this is your first time listening, then make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out when we drop more fire. Tom Hibbert, are you ready to record a motherfucking podcast? Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Let's get it going. Fit Story fam, what is up? Matthew Burbridge is back in the motherfucking house. And today, I'm going to actually kick this podcast off with a little bit of an update. Because it's been a couple of weeks now, like two weeks since I last recorded and released an episode. Now, I just want you guys to know, uh, I really, firstly, I really appreciate the support. I've had a lot of messages. I've had a lot of love. And uh, my partner and me and our family really do appreciate the support. Um, On another note, uh, obviously, for anyone that doesn't know what's really been going on, the podcast didn't just go quiet purposely. I've had some things happen um, that, in all honesty, were out of my control. And uh, my partner was in in and out of hospital with some post-pregnancy problems since the birth of the twins. And it's been a little bit, little bit tough. Um, so what I had to do was just basically put things like the podcast on the back burner, client calls on the back burner, because I think you can all agree family is first, first and foremost, you look after your motherfucking people. Um, thing with the situation that happened is I found meaning in it really quickly. Uh, I found meaning in the situation that was bestowed upon us and, uh, we, we moved through the challenges we faced and I actually shared the full story over on Facebook in my community. I've shared it on my email list already, but for any of you guys that are listening that haven't seen that, then now at least you're kind of caught up. I didn't just go MIA and just like, fuck that podcast. I'm done. <laughs> I was coming back. I was always coming back. And um, I'm happy to report that there is healing taking place and we're optimistic for the future uh, without you know, any ongoing problems with this. So, you know, all in all, it does take a backseat. Sometimes we have to do that. Things happen that are out of our control. We've got to control what we can control and just keep pushing forward. So um, that's what I've done. Now, anyway, with that aside, I'm back at it today. And on the show, I've got an awesome guest with me, Tom Hibbert. Uh, Some of you guys may know him, other people might not, uh, but just kind of like where this person come from was we were put to put on to each other by a mutual friend and back in episode 50 I had Owen Gale on the show and this is a good friend and a mentor to Owen Gale and I'm stoked to have this conversation today Tom how are you doing my man I'm really good how are you I couldn't be better I woke up this morning took a breath I was like that's everything I need good man <laughs> got exactly what I need <laughs> Wait there, can I still move my legs? Yeah, they, they're, they're moving. Cool, I'm on. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> it's a way to start the day gratitude, isn't it? 100%. Is that something you practice as well? It's something I try. I don't have a routine with it. I just kind of sit back sometimes. And when I get that moment to reflect, I kind of... Because it's like sometimes when you have people do these gratitude logs and they write it down, you don't you don't feel it. And I don't believe you get as much from it. When you get those moments, and I have it once a week, once a day, often it's when I'm leaving the gym, 
I just sit back and reflect and I go, fuck, I've done so much. I'm so happy. I'm so proud. And it's something I never used to do. I was always chasing the next thing. And it's yeah. cool to chase the next thing. But if you don't sit back and really feel it um, to the point where you might get emotional or whatever, you really feel the gratitude, I just don't see the point in it. So um, I don't do it as a daily ritual, but I do believe that, you know, you should step back and feel it sometimes. And that's what I try and do uh, uh, as, as often as I can. I agree. I agree. 100% to those things you said, because one of the things that most pisses me off about the personal development space is this idea that, you know, you can just create affirmations and then your life is going to be all good. But this isn't true. And I've been saying this isn't true for some time now. It becomes true if you believe and you are connected to the affirmations that you speak. If you're just journaling because, hey, that's what you're supposed to do to get ahead in personal development, that's mm. not the, missing the point. Yeah. So completely yeah. get it, man. Agree with you. It could be a stepping stone, but the whole point is to get that higher vibration, right? Mm-hmm. And that you only get you're it's difficult to explain, but you'll only get you're only going to get that high vibration when you feel it. So yeah, that's my thoughts. Hundred <laughs> percent, bro. I love it. You know, you're in Southampton, aren't you? I am. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I'm only in Petersfield, not far. Oh, you're um, around the corner. Yeah. I've got a, I, and then I was looking through your website earlier on, actually. And I was like, damn, like this dude's got that training facility locked down. Like shit is, look, is looking good over there, bro. I like my toys. <laughs> <laughs> Big boys and their toys. I'm always buying toys, much to the chagrin of my wife. But um, what, it's been a continuing investment. What's, what's my the favorite, favorite toy? one you got oh. in the gym? I'm known for the log clean and press. So obviously I love my log um, favorite toy. I think I just, maybe I go through phases. I'm, I'm loving the inverse curl, which is one of the um, uh, developments of Louis Simmons, a Westside barbell. Uh, I'm loving that because I'm not great at it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I come oh, in I and Owen, Owen's using less weight because obviously it's a body weight exercise, but I'm quite competitive too. So I come in, I see Owen's only got 30 kilos on it. Oh, fuck. I got to chase him down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using 60, 50, oh, nearly double what he is. Um, oh, brilliant. But no, I kind of I don't really I don't have a favorite toy right now, but I do love I do love everything I've got on here on my Lego plates. I'm I'm just it is just a it's been a continuing investment. When I first started the gym, I want to tell you, Owen came in, it was weird. Owen found us the day after we opened. It was weird. He just managed to obviously find a website, which is terrible back then. But the gym was half empty <laughs> or half full, which depending on which way, ever way you look at it. Yeah, and you can see which where the way you look, right? Yeah. yeah. And I've invested, even if it was, you know, 50 quid, I've tried to invest something every month um, back into it. It keeps yeah. me entertained or at least motivated, but I think it helps the, the clients as well. They see different things that can, different um, equipment that can do different things for them, different angles and things. Uh, I just think it looks good. Yeah, bro. I, I'm. I actually will stick to this uh, when I say it, bro. I'm gonna come down some point. Um, definitely. More than the, welcome. Anytime. Are you are you open, open now because of all this bullshit? No, not yet. If you hear yeah. anything, it's because my wife is in with my daughter and Owen's in the yeah. background. But yeah. no, we're just because we just we're, we're still on lockdown till the twelfth. That must have been tough, man. That's uh, got to have been a, a tricky time for you. It wasn't ideal. I think, like everybody else, it's like a train crash at first, and you think. What the fuck is going to happen? But once we got through, you know, that first month and we understood that, you know, certain clients are going to be allow us to train them at home. Um, I had an online business, which helped. Um, after that, it was like the new normal. Um, mm. And you adapt and move forward. And mm. we set goals. I was like, right, 
set goals what's the main goal try not try to come out of the the lockdown which was the first lockdown try and come out of it debt-free Mm-hmm. And then actually, I said, right. Once I can, you know, see that happening, I, I don't, I don't like settling. So my my goal then went up a level, and I was like, how can I come out of lockdown thriving? And I, I believe I managed to do that. I made some, I made some decent moves with my with my brand. I literally changed my brand name. I changed the way the business model was going to be run. Uh, I pushed more with this online platform that obviously Owen helps me with, uh, mm-hmm. and I started up, or I'm going to start up another. Uh, We'll call it an arm of the winning strength brand. Um, so, so yeah, it was it was life changing. It's it's weird. I'm sure that the pandemic was a horrendous time for a lot of people, um, but for, for me, it could be one of the best things to have happened to me. Yeah, and th- and that all again comes down to perspective. Just the, the way you look at it, like what lens do you choose to look at your life or business relationships situations through? And you know, I think you did the right thing because there's a lot of people. Uh, not necessarily gym owners specifically, but just a lot of people in business that saw that this happened to, and they were like, oh, fuck, you know, like go into meltdown mode, panic, uh, scarcity, lack, desperation, you know, and all that. And it just is is going to perpetuate the same story every day. It's going to probably get worse and you're going to come out of lockdown with no business. A lot of people did lose their businesses, but if you looked at it through the lens of, okay, that's happened, that's out of my control to a degree, what can I do? So I can invest in this, I can change this, I can uh, you know, um, put more time into this and I can develop better relationships, so I can deepen these relationships. Like, all just depends on what you look at. Um, we actually did an episode of this podcast, um, can't remember the episode number, but it was with a good friend of mine, fellow coach, Jake Kaufman, and we spoke about the adversity of lockdown, right? Because when this happened, it was something that happened. Everybody had to deal with it. It wasn't like mm. it was, you know, separate to a set group of people. This is everybody had to fucking deal with what's going on. And we were talking about this idea that, um, you know, for myself personally, I, I've been through some shit in my life and I don't, my story is out there. People can go read it and see it. And, and uh, you know, I've got no problem talking about it. But the things that I've been through, the shit that I experienced, the glass that I chewed, it actually prepped me for these types of things. So when yeah. this happened, I wasn't like, oh, fuck, like what's going to happen now? What's going to happen with my business? I was like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. So this is another one of those things where I'm going to have to figure it out. Yeah. I'm going to have to find a solution. I'm going to yeah. have to you know, really, I'm going to have to do this. And and it was like another day. Yeah, yeah. I'm smiling because it, <laughs> I resonate with it. No, no, I'm not smiling because of your situation. You chewed glass. I love the, I love the expression. Mm-hmm. But it's the exact same thing for me. I'm 11, what are we now? This will be the 12th year. So I was 11 years into this gym on this site. And the stories or the lessons I went through made it so much easier. Whereas... Let's say before that, if the pandemic happens, the lockdown happens, I am in a, a low area for at least a week, maybe even longer weeks. Okay. Mm. Whereas this one was like, fuck, one night I slept. Normally I wouldn't sleep, slept okay, woke up, right, what do we do? 
and again, it's because you went through the lessons. You, as you put it, chewed the glass. I love that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> yeah, chewed, chewed a lot of glass over the years. <laughs> and it's, I ate a lot of shit, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it does. It, it preps us. It preps us mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, it, just, it, it just sets you up. And, and again, mm-hmm. that's, again, just a lens, isn't it? We choose them to see it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's awesome, man. I'm already finding a lot of things that... Um, that we find in common together. So, you know, I'm excited for this conversation, my brother. Um, just as an overview for people. So gym that you own is a private training facility. Uh, it's based down in Shirley still, is it? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Haven't moved yet. Cool. Um, and uh, winning strength solutions. I checked out no, the website. No, it's slightly different. Sorry. It's changed. It's changed. So, so it was winning health solutions. That's but right. Now it's yep. winning st- the gym is Winning Strength Southampton. So the brand is Winning Strength. We have Winning Strength Online and Winning Strength Southampton. Winning Strength Blueprint is an app. And then Winning Strength Equipment. I'm sure you can work that one. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, And this yeah. is the changes that you've been making up in lockdown. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that the, the, the change from Winning Health Solutions to Winning Strength happened in lockdown. When I first started the gym, Winning Health Solutions, it did speak about what we wanted to do. We wanted to get people healthy we wanted to get real strong fit lean whatever but as i've evolved and as i've moved through a path um strength uh whether it's mindset or just strength athletes or performance that that fits with me more and that's the the path i want to take uh moving forward yeah love it man and of course you've got credibility back in you too because you've been doing this grind for like 10 years plus um world record holder which, by the way, I, Sorry, I don't. Record yeah, so, well, this I don't is the hold thing. It anymore. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I was going to correct myself. It was. A, yeah, yeah. So, talk to us a little bit to that. What What was it in? And no. uh, world record breaker, not holder. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find that about me. Even if you say, if you say something like, "I've had it," all the people. Oh, you won UK. I know. I didn't. I won England. Yeah. <laughs> you got, got to be. I, I don't like saying stuff. I don't. So world record. It was a role. I, I broke the world record in a log, clean and press. So the, it's a strongman event, very traditional. Uh, the basic rule is log starts on floor or crash mats. You have to take it from there and put it over your head and stabilize. Simple as that. So I I weighed in at under ninety, under ninety kilos, mm-hmm. and I broke the world record, which had been that just stood. Uh, James Ward held it for. I think it was seven years at 165 kilos and I pipped in by one kilo, 166. And then his twin brother, the little, little bugger, he's a very good friend of mine. um, He pipped me by a kilo, uh, some six, 12, I haven't made a month, six, eight months later. (laughs) So now Rob's got it. So I'm sandwiched between the two wards at 166 and Rob's got it at 167. And they said they're brothers. They're twins. That's very cool. They That's are very cool. Unbelievable uh, athletes. Unbelievable. Incredible. So, um, dude, I'm excited to hear all about that stuff because with that, with getting to those positions, with, uh, you know, building yourself up to that place, there is, of course, adversity. There is, of course, challenge. There is, of course, setback and difficulty. And again, chewing a lot of bucking glass. So, you know, I really do want to dive into some of that. But before we do, let's imagine that we can hop in a time machine for a minute right you every everyone listening the delorean is coming out and i talk about this every single time <laughs> in this podcast. Yeah. delorean is coming out the doors go up and we hop on in and we go back 
Uh, and we're going all the way back to a time when I, I assume life was much more simple, um, when we didn't have the, the, the hustling and bustling of building businesses and, you know, wives and families and all this other stuff and clients. Where were you born? Um, who were you born to? What did the early years look like? Let's kind of dive in and unpack a little bit of that. It's the first time I've ever been asked this on a podcast. <laughs> Brilliant. So I love it because was, it's 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 what gets the it's it's real. It's just you uh, it's just you talking about it. This is what yeah, I fucking yeah. love. I was born February eleventh, nineteen eighty-six, in Pembury Hospital, which is in Kent, so southeast England. Uh my mother, Angela, gave birth to me. Um, I suppose what do you, what, <laughs> I'm struggling here. So where, where do you want me to go with from there? So I was, I was born in Kent. Um, the first house I remember, I think we moved there when I was either two or three. So I don't remember moving in. I think there was a flat beforehand for maybe up to two years. But the first house I remember was called Alley Reds Oast, which is in Staple Cross, which I think is technically East Sussex. Um, and then we spent... Until we spent there, how long did we spend there? How many years? Spent until I was nine, maybe 10. And then we moved to this really, really big old property uh, called Alderdon Manor Barn, which is in Sandhurst, which again is a little bit, uh, it's not too far down, down the road from that. Spent, I think, three years there before my father was relocated to the States. Mm-hmm. So he worked for American Express. Um, he was moved out there uh, uh, just to start with temporarily which turned into a full-time position. So we all moved out there. So I spent the ages of 13 to 16 uh, living in New Jersey whilst he worked in the World uh, Financial Center in New York. Wow. And then after, after the World Trade Center, uh, so September 11th, after that, things kind of fell apart. Now, I don't speak with my father. We, if you want to get into that, we can get into that. But I don't speak with him. But from what I gather, we moved back. Again, we were told as kids because of his job, like he was made redundant, because that's what you tell your kids, you don't, you don't tell them the nitty gritty. But from what I gather, he struggled with what happened on 9-11 and processing that, and just yeah. went, I'm done, I'm not interested, I wanna move back. So we moved back, and we moved back again to the same area, went to, we lived in Wadhurst, um, very nice area, and I went to secondary school to do AS and A2 levels in St. Bede's, which is in Helsham near Eastbourne, and then ended up in Southampton, in fact, in between that, my parents moved to France because they wanted to retire there. Well, my father did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they moved there. Uh, and at that point, I moved to Southampton for university. So I started mm. university in 2004, graduated 2007, BS, BSc, so Bachelor of Science in Sports Studies or Sports Science. And then I've literally been here ever since. Uh, the story from that is graduated uni. I didn't even go to my graduation with much of the annoyance of my mother. Um, she wanted to see me in the, the cap and gown oh, and get a photo. Yeah, everybody I just, does. I just, I'm not one for that sort of thing because I'm like, okay, it's cool, but I, I regret it because I, I, I should have done more stuff for my mum like that. You know, the small things. She yeah. wanted the photo and this and the other. Yeah. Um, but I don't regret the fact that the reason I missed it is I had a, a job interview as a self-employed personal trainer at LA Fitness. Got the interview, started work instantly. Spent two years there, and then that's led me to opening this place to ultimately yeah mate thank you for that um gives me a good insight and the reason i really love asking that first question is when it comes to stories 
Um, firstly, obviously, we know that we are all innate storytellers. You're born telling stories, and we've been telling stories for tens of thousands of years. Of course, we tell them differently now. We don't codify them around the fire, dancing naked, and we don't scribble them on walls. We've got social media and things. We've got podcasts. But ultimately, the reason why I really just love that question is because everybody knows what it's like to grow up. Everybody knows what it's like to be in school or to be taken out of school. Everyone knows what it's like to you know, have their first girlfriend or whatever it is, or their first boyfriend, or we don't want to get anybody offended. <laughs> did you just assume, did you yeah. just assume that I might be with a man or a woman? Um, anywho, uh, so it's a great question to ask because it kind of takes, it kind of takes you back and it gives people a way to connect. And some of the stuff you said there, I'm going to kind of like go back and unpack. So um, the first thing that came to my mind is because I was pulled out of school when I was around 10 years old after my brother murdered somebody and our lives just went completely into fucking ruin. It was it was a crazy time. Uh, if you've not heard my story, we can talk about that another time, if, I'm sure. Uh, or I can send sure. you a podcast episode that kind of explains it. But um, after that, I remember being pulled out of school. And, th- you know, this was all of the people I grew up with. These were my friends, people I fought with my friends. And you know now they were calling me the boy whose brother murdered someone, and we had to have our last names changed and geographical location changed, and bam, that was it. So that part of my life where I'd grown up with these people come to an end, and it was very abrupt. It just happened. So, and I know that that did, that caused a few issues later down the line for me. You know, being unearthed, being pulled pulled from where it felt comfortable and put into somewhere else. And I oftentimes wonder, you know, when you move around a lot, um, how does that affect you? How does that affect life? So did that, did that manifest for you at all when you were younger being like moved around and told you you're going here and then there? I mean, how, how did that kind of work out for you? I suppose I only experienced it twice. So we, we went to a private school from the, you know, very early age, same private school from whatever it is, four or five up the age of 13. Um, I, I, distinctly, I distinctly remember not wanting to go to the States, you know, the classic throwing your toys out, not realizing that it will be amazing. And, you know, there's loads of opportunities and throwing my toys out, not wanting to move. I was lucky enough that my parents agreed to let me finish. So it was the last year of school. I don't know how it was worked out, but I think the age 12 to 13, it was the last year of that school. And my parents left me with my godmother for a whole term or a half term. So I could finish that year out. Um, but then you move and move to the States and it is all new and it's different, but you know, you're the English kid in the States. So mm. although you stand out in some respects, which is cool, you also stand out and it's very easy pickings to be called. I was called a red coat people with <laughs> the accent and I just didn't know how to deal with it back then as a kid and I'm sure there's reasons I can figure out um why I wasn't able to deal with it as a kid if it happened now I'd probably have laugh off because yeah. I genuinely don't give two shits what people think anymore but back yeah. then you, you did um so in a way it was cool because you know you're the British kid with the accent so the girls like you but then you're also the British kid that's easy easy pickings to make fun of um, yeah. whether you're just playing a football game against complete strangers and they, they all of a sudden hear your accent in the game or it's, you know, your mates. And then the same thing happened when we came back, I suppose. I didn't, didn't really want to leave. I was mm. trying to figure out if I could stay again. Um, mm. But again, you know, things happen. And <laughs> I came back and I had an American plan. So yeah. if you hear my accent go funny during this podcast, it's because... <laughs> There's a reason well, for age, it. Yeah, age 13 to 16. There were certain words. I, 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 I 
it was it was for ages i would say parking lot um my wife makes fun of me when i say the word moron Oh, you're a moron. It goes on from American, American <laughs> accent. So there's, there's certain times. It's when I speak for an extended time. So when I present in workshops mm-hmm. or seminars, people come up to me. Oh, are you, are you from South Africa? I'm like, no, I'm, I used to live in the States. And sometimes words come out funny. And she yeah. says it happens when I speak to people. So yeah. if I speak to my mate, my American mate, I'll end up with a twang by the end of the conversation. Leaning in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, no, I suppose it was difficult, but I, I, you know, it's, um, I wish I had the opportunity for someone to sit me down and help me understand what was happening and help me to understand and process those things. Mm. Which, which we don't get as kids generally. We've got, I've, it's a weird thing. You know, we've spoken about parenthood a few times on this podcast, because it's a, again, it's an opportunity we get as we get older to, you know, parent and, and to go through that. And also to provide what we, that was lacking in our lives. Like I said, before we went live on this podcast, you know, now I've got twins and a six year old, I'm able to, to, to do all the things that were lacking in my life when with my abandonment issues and things, but yeah, yeah as a kid, as kids, we generally, I feel like a lot of kids are just ignored, you know, especially now I look, look around. I'm very observant over that because I'm constantly trying to just like my business development and my personal development. I'm trying to keep, get better at being a dad. I'm trying to get better at being a leader. Mm. I'm trying to get better at leading my children. So for me, I, I kind of observe it and, you know, I do see that. I see how kids are pretty much ignored. There isn't that support. There isn't that help that or the, or the ear to, 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 to be, you know, listened to by. It's true. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's something I'm trying, I have, I have a um, nearly two-year-old daughter now. So I am trying to do the same thing as you, fill the gaps that I, I had as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And um, with regards to the whole uh, 9-11 thing, because it's an interesting topic, talk about mm-hmm. that. We've had a couple of people on the show, obviously, from the States. Um, Corin Sutton um, was actually in the military at the time when it happened and things. So, oh, wow. it's, yeah, he was telling some crazy, crazy fucking stories. The American military. Or... Yeah. yeah. So he was telling some crazy fucking stories. And, um, you know, that's quite a crazy thing to have happened. I'm glad that we've not seen anything like that on that scale since. But yeah. with regards to what you mentioned about your, your, your dad kind of, you said he came back because of the the job but was it really the job was it something else so yeah. what caused what caused you to just just stop talking do you guys not talk now or <laughs> uh no so not talking uh, it's kind of a mutual decision um so my childhood was very abusive uh, emotionally and physically mm-hmm. so you know there's there's stuff that i haven't i think i've dealt with it on a, on a level my, my my end goal is never to be like him yeah um but there was a which you get a, the opportunity to do now as a dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I've, I've worked hard to um, uh, not end up like him and, you know. But I think it was, what happened? There was an email. He was upset. Didn't want to speak. And I was like, oh, I'll call you. Oh, please don't. And I was just like, okay, I can't be fucked. And I just mm. I haven't spoken to him since. I, my, my brother and sister have reconciled somewhat with him, but. I'm not, I'm not interested. Um, it's not a case of I haven't forgiven them. I've, 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 I've passed all of those uh, situations uh, myself. But yeah. there's a certain point where you're like, I know you haven't changed because I speak to my sister. Mm. And I know that. Um, why would I let that back into my life? There's no benefit there. Yeah. You're making a, a decision that 
ultimately you'll never really know is the right or wrong one as well, which is crazy because I often think the same thing with my abandonment issues. My dad um, left when I was younger, or at least my mum told me he left. Um, and I experienced the same thing, a lot of emotional and physical and uh, a, a mental abuse when I was when I was younger, um, you know, uh, mainly from my mum, because obviously there was a lack of other support for her and she had, you know, kids that were hard to manage and things. So, you know, I've forgiven my mum and I've forgiven her for me too. And we kind of moved through that. But my dad, I've not seen or spoken to him since he left and he left when Mm. I was born, you know, and sometimes I sit and I think, think to myself, you know, my sister's kind of nudged me about it before my business partner in my other business has kind of given me a nudge, Um, you know, maybe it might be worth reaching out, but same, same, I feel the same way as you. Like, Mm. I'm kind of like, I don't know. I, sometimes you've got to think like things, things that I'm doing right now, I'm doing and I'm focused on what I'm doing and I'm going in this trajectory and by opening up that door, yes, but it could create new, new opportunities to build a relationship, could do all these things, but equally it could also bring something into my life that I don't want or need. And should that happen, it's going to affect all of these other areas of my life, which I'm working so hard in order to improve or to move forward with. So like parenthood, being a new dad, um, with my relationships, my business, my clients. So I'm very much in the same place, dude. I, you know, Mm. I've not made that decision either. And I'm not going to know whether that is the right or the wrong decision for many years. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. I look at, I look at a lot of things in life as risk and reward. So I have to make a decision, like what's the risk of inviting him back in versus the reward. The reward is very little. (laughs) (laughs) The risk is very high. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like a a gamble to make. Um, So yeah, Yeah. decision made, decision made for me. (laughs) Whilst it's on the topic, mate, you know, I mentioned about my, uh, my brother as well, um, committing murder when I was younger and, you know, I haven't spoken to him in fucking 18 years, I guess now it's a long time, Um, you know, written in 16 plus maybe. Um, and you know, that's another one. I'm like, fuck, you know, I've got, th- I've got three kids and cause he made that decision when we, you know, when he was younger, I mean, he's never going to really see them ever again. And I've got that risk to reward thing, you know, yes, he's gone. He he's in, um, Broadmoor by the way. So he's doing his time there cause he's got some issues. Uh, so schizophrenia and things. So, um, you know, for me, I'm like, that's another one. That's another member of the family where I'm like, that's can't come back into my life. Can't allow that. We have that in common too. So I have a brother and a sister and I don't, I no longer speak to my brother things when uh, he struggled a lot. We've all struggled with mental health issues, whether you look at it in a certain way. And he struggled with OCD at the time he was living with my mother and my mother was battling cancer. Uh, she passed, you know, I reached out, had it thrown back at me. Then when the, when he, we were trying to help him, or I was trying to help him personally with regards to mum's financials and his financials and decisions he was making. That was also thrown back at me. Uh, and then, you know, things were said, and I no longer speak to him either, which, you know, again, mm. it's a decision. Sometimes I've cut a lot of people out of my life. And again, that's because my father used to do it. So it was a habit I've got. Um, mm. But I've, I've stopped doing that now. I start making decisions based on that. So they just go, ugh throwing my toys out and not speaking to people, which is what you used to do before. But now I have that in common with you as well. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't spoken to him in a while. And again, risk and reward. You know, I've reached out since uh, and had nothing back. So is what it is. Mm. So a question that comes to my mind is about, um, sounds like you've had, you know, not the easiest ride really. Um, 
but again, it depends what lens you look through. But you know, let's consider that it's it's been up and down. And throughout that time, though, you've still taken steps toward securing yourself knowledge and um, you know a good mindset to grow into the person you are now. And you've been educated, high level. How do you do that? How do you? How did you? You know, stay focused on going to uni and showing up for yourself and and pushing the needle forward. Um, whilst also holding on to what could be seen as trauma in the same way that it was for me. Because um, I've often reflected on that question myself. It's a really hard question yeah. to kind of identify the specific answer. So I get if, if it doesn't come to the mind, but I'm interested sure. to know what that looks like. I, f- I feel that I'm lucky because I've always known what I wanted. I wanted a gym. I loved athletic performance. I mean, initially as a kid, I wanted to be a footballer. I'm quite glad I didn't follow that route because if... I had been, if I'd gotten to the professional game, even at a low level, you have got good money. I would have been, you know, a horrible person with money, I think, which is never <laughs> a good combination. <laughs> um, but I've always known that I wanted to be involved in athletic performance enhancement. And then obviously I love the gym. I've been in a gym since I was, since the States, because that's where it, it's, it's very normal in the States. I was, I got my first gym membership at 14 or 15. And the high school I went to, they had their own their own gym on, on site. And it's just completely normal to get involved in it. You just love it. I just always love testing myself. I love watching World's Strongest Man on TV who didn't as a kid. Um, so I, I feel blessed in the fact that I always knew I wanted that. So what kept me focused was, you know, I want to do that. How am I going to get better? Mm. You get those moments where like, what do you want to do? Do you want to sit and complain? Or do you want to make steps? I mm. think... Another big part of it is my training has always been a massive part of escapism from me. Yeah. For me. Sorry. Yeah. Solid. So yeah. yeah. If I'm training, even with clients in here, you know, I'm I'm working towards something. I'm not thinking about X, Y, and Z. I even trained so hard that I wasn't looking at business stuff, which is fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> but no, mate, it's, you know, if business isn't going well, but training is, you think fuck that nah, yeah i'm gonna focus yeah. on that Dude, I've always it's, had a- it's it's what i believe that is why there's so many broke bodybuilders you know because they've got the ability to have great clients and abundant amounts of money and grow a great mm. business and have a gym and a facility and do all this amazing stuff but they're so focused on the training and the body and how it's and that they all of that stuff secondary why there is so many in my opinion broke bodybuilders mm. yeah but i always knew what i wanted being focused on uni is utter rubbish i had two jobs and i drank more than i studied i've got no problem uh, admitting that i've been lucky enough that i think maybe my private education or maybe my innate ability got me to certain points yeah um when i want something it's so easy for me yeah it's so easy i've never believed i don't understand the word limit if you get what I mean, like, it's like oh, you yeah. can't do that. But like, that's the one of the most powerful things to say. You can't do this. Like, fucking watch me. Um, when I when I want to achieve something, when I want to do something, it's fun. I just I just do. I'm driven. I studied more in the first year of opening this gym and wanting to to know more about strength and conditioning or strength training than I did in the whole of uni and A levels. So anything you see with AS A two university degree any any marks i got from the age of five onwards no study okay i didn't you know it's either knew it or i didn't when i didn't i I bombed i remember getting 18 percent bottom of the class in the history paper i don't fucking give a shit about maybe the eighth (laughs) and stuff like that and but french i could do like that 
languages, yeah. just knew it. It stuck. Latin, my mum was great at languages. Could just do it, top of the class, mm. boom, done. Why? Because it was it was easy for me. But yeah. when I'm when I really love something, I'll be you can I don't know if you can see, but the whole office is just strength and conditioning oh, books Full around books. around the top. Yeah. Um to the point where I don't buy books anymore. I have it all on the Kindle, so I don't need yeah. to store things. <laughs> wasn't yeah. wasn't need, you, Kindle wasn't as popular back then. You'd need a few more lines, otherwise. You'd need a few more shelves. Yeah. You'd have to. I yeah. see you've already started. Anyone that's obviously they were not going to watch this, unfortunately. But there's um one, two, there's three shelves going up to like the third shelf, which is yeah. literally three sixty around the whole office. <laughs> yeah. Full of books. It's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. No, I'm all, I'm always reading, always reading. But um, I just find. You know, if we if we put it into a summary, I, if you know what you want, it's quite easy. And yeah. then because I enjoyed it, I worked hard at it. Yeah. History didn't enjoy. It. I'm not going to work hard at it. <laughs> so I really like that you've brought this up. Um, there's a couple of things that we're a couple of places I want to take the conversation. But whilst we're on this, I'm going to unpack this because this is really important. Uh, I was on a podcast a couple of days ago. Uh, joined Alex Connor, who was a guest on this show, and then afterwards I went on to the Fearless Knowledge podcast, which is his podcast, and we spoke about this idea of. Um, firstly, you know, really focusing on what you want because when you focus on what you want, you're going to get more of it. When you focus on what you don't want guess what? You're going to get more of it. It's an unwritten law of the universe. And to add to that, when we, um, when we know that we want something and we're aligned to that, we will, and we are doing actions every day that are in alignment to the goals or the vision that we have. Again, that's how we fast track our results. That's how we get to the end point by doing that. And I think it's so fucking important what you said about things you like to do. If I like to do it, I'm going to do it 100%. And for anybody listening to this right now that's trying to build a business or trying to whatever, yeah, let's focus on that. Anyone that's trying to build a business right now, you've got to ask yourself, how many things are you doing that fill your day that you actually like doing? Hmm. Are you filling your day with a bunch of stuff that you don't like doing? Let me put this some context into this. If you don't like writing because you're not very keen writer or you don't create, you don't like typing or whatever it is, don't fucking create content that's long form. You're going to just not going to help. You're not going to, it's not going to help yourself. If you're charismatic, you love to be on video, go fucking join TikTok and put all your time and effort into creating videos. Cause that's, that's what you like to do. And what you like to do, you're going to want to invest more time and more energy into that. But when you don't like doing something, you're, you're going to be trying to climb a mountain with roller skates on. It just won't happen. I, I echo those sentiments completely. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking fact. Like, and this is the thing, I did it for a long time. I think that's why I learned it because, you know, I was doing a whole a whole bunch of stuff, especially in business, early days of business, where I was like doing a bunch of stuff because I thought that's what I had to do. And I didn't enjoy most of it. So some of those things included you know, cold DMs. I, I, you, you got an online business oh, yourself. I'm sure, you, <laughs> I'm sure you know all about the cold DMs. But, you know, that typically is a way that people have been made to believe or misled in that's a way to build your business. If you want to grow a business, you've got a cold DM. You've got to get in, in front of people. That's a that's a bullshit lie. And if you don't enjoy it, if you like doing cold DMs, by all means, send fucking 50 of them. Send 100 of them. I don't care. But if you don't like it, stop doing it. Because you're only going to continue to get more of what you don't want. Like, it seems so obvious. It's so simple, but it's, it's not until you kind of go through it yourself, I guess, that we, um, that we figure that out, you know? 
Yeah. I can't stand cold messages, cold calls. I actually removed my gym phone because of that. I don't have gym. a landline. If you call me, it'll, go, it'll just it'll just keep ringing or it'll go dead. I'm not interested. You DM me. I haven't replied to a single one. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and again, you know, your business is moving. It's growing. So that is proof in the pudding that it's not the only way to do it. But it, it's so true across the board. And again, this, this could, let's take it out of business context and put relationships in, instead. If you're doing something constantly in your relationship that you don't enjoy doing, then stop doing it and start doing more of the things you really love. And maybe you need to communicate that in the same way that if you're doing something in your business, you need to have a conversation with yourself and be like, what am I doing right now? That is filling my days that I don't like doing. And because if I can, I'm going to either reduce the amount of time I do it for, I'm going to delegate it to someone else, or I'm going to get rid of it completely. They're all options on the table for you. When, yeah. when Tom said about the, the word limit, like you're placing a, a, an, a, a limit on yourself by doing that, by doing tasks that you don't enjoy, um, by focusing on things you don't want. You're just creating a limit to where you can go. So um, love that you brought that up, man. That shit is what people need to hear. Um, question. I want to skip back slightly because it's yeah. almost like you were born for this. But where uh-huh. did it actually come from? Where did the urge or the, firstly, where do you think the influence or manipulation came from that mm-hmm. got you into fitness or health? And then second to that, um, no, yeah, we'll stick with that. Where do you think it came from? What was the catalyst? Like My what, uncle. Where, your uncle, cool. And what, what did he do? I looked up to him and I still do. And he's like, he's like the older brother slash father figure. I probably wanted more than anything else and he was my he's my mum's brother so he's in a direct bloodline and all that um and he he sprinted i was a sprint <laughs> right so before i wanted to be a footballer i wanted to be a sprinter linford christie was my hero as a kid i distinctly remember many times my mum would wake me up at whatever time because this is back when we had four channels on tv and the athletics would be after nine or whatever and she'd be limpers yeah. running i got to watch it and then go back to bed and just loved it and my uncle was a sprinter when he was younger and he actually you know limpers was coming up and he beat him and he was 100 and 200 meters uh for great britain i, I it's weird he can't he doesn't remember many things but i was like what's the best time he's like i remember at the age of 14 running a 10-6 which is fucking lightning okay <laughs> at the age of 14 and he's not tall. I make fun of him now because I'm tall. Um, but he did that. And then he got into bodybuilding and strength training. He was in the Navy. So he was just a physical specimen. And it was just inspiring uh, for me as a kid to see someone bristling with, with muscles and, and this, that, and the other. And I just looked up to him. And he, I, I just, you know, took it from there. Wanted, wanted to do sprinting. Probably didn't yeah. quite work out because I didn't. Again, I didn't put the work in for that. I think I got to a point where I could run 11 flat 100 on grass, which is quite quick at the age of 16. It's not like I'm going to break a world record or anything, but um, didn't put the work ethic in. I was more interested in football, but uh, my uncle was, you know, if I, if I think back, he, he'd be the catalyst. Yeah. And that's another really important thing that we could talk about and unpack as well is how important it is to surround yourself with people that do inspire you, that do motivate you, that do make you want to do what it is that you want to do and do it at a fucking good level. Like I talk about this all the time Um, being like being super selective around who's around you, like really looking at those people, looking at those individuals, 
being like, how much time am I spending with these people? And do they motivate me? Do they inspire me? Do they lift me up? Do they, do they fill me with energy? Or are these people around me fucking draining me of energy, draining me of time, making me feel unhappy, making me feel sad, like depressed? Because that's super important. Like you, put, you this, is, this is how important it is. Let's say, for example, that he was not that guy. Let's say, for example, he was a mirror of your dad. Mm-hmm. Do you think you may have found fitness? You may have still found it through some vessel or another, but do you think that it would have accelerated you? And do you think you'd be who you are today if you didn't have him to model what that looked like? No, no, absolutely not. I'm a massive believer in you're the sum or the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I'm very careful these days. I've cut people out. Best man didn't speak. I haven't spoken to him in ages. Um, I mean, it's why I don't mind spending all day with Owen. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Work ethic, um, freaking nature, great personality, laid back. He really every, is. Every, isn't everything, <laughs> everything I inspire to be, aspire to be. Sorry. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I, you know, you're the sum of the five people we spend the most time with. You should select those uh, very carefully um, and try and bring them up as well. Mm. I said the other day on a, on a post actually about um, to add to this that, you know, not just being around those people, but also checking in like, do those people normalize success? Do those people completely normalize the crazy ideas that you have? that to other people would be like, no, nah, that's bonkers, man. You ain't never going to be able to do that. Or oh, fucking mm. shut up. That's not possible. Like mm. if they're those type of, if those are the type of responses you get from the people you're hanging out with, then they ain't the right ones. You need to mm-hmm. find some new ones because, mm-hmm. you know, this is the reason why I invest in mentors. This is the reason why I'm, I invest in quality relationships. It's because I know that the power of proximity, I know the power of being around good energy and good vibes and, a high vibration. I get that that is what's going to help me grow. And, um, you know, the, the mastermind I'm in at the moment, uh, second or third time I've been working with this mentor and I'll probably continue to work with him for a very long time. Um, it, it's, he normalizes the success. There's not a conversation you can have that, that, that isn't normalized. If I said to him and I'm like square one, I'm in chapter one and I'm just starting my business. I'm like, I want to do seven figures this year. Although it's a bit of a stretch, like that's, going to be tricky there's a lot of work involved he he's not the type of person that's going to go no it's really not possible for you to do it mm. he'll give you the he'll give you he'll make sure that you're aware there's a lot of fucking work involved in that but he won't put the limit on it and it's almost like yeah well there's someone over there making seven figures a month and all of a sudden you're like what what okay what fucking yeah. <laughs> there was me thinking it was a lot for a year right so mm. it's super important not just to choose the people but also you know looking at those people, you know, what are they, what are they doing for you? Um, are they normalizing the success that you want? Are they, can you model that, you know, so that it can take you closer to your goals? It's just super important. So yeah. I want to hear a bit about um, the all in moment for you, because it seems to me like things have accelerated since you kind of got that gym, since you got that gym, that's when things began to really move for you in the direction that you wanted because otherwise you wouldn't be where you are mm. now sitting yeah. in the office that you're yeah. in walking out the gym every day yeah. speaking to your clients and being the person that you are so to me it's worked out to that degree although there's probably still a lot of room to move like there is for me i look at my life and i'm like i'm doing good i'm doing cool but there's a lot of room i've mm. still got a long long way to go yeah. so 
before we get to that, like, what was the all in moment for you? How do you, how do you make that decision? And I ask that because there's a lot of people listening that at this stage, you know, they might want to build something. Um, they might want to build a business or they might want to build a body or whatever it is, but they're just not confident enough or they lack the strategy or the ability or the mindset um, to go all in. So like, what did it take for you to do it? It took a year and 11 months of chewing glass, as you said. <laughs> I say year and 11 months because I opened in 2009 with two other business partners, but it was terrible. And the all-in moment was year and eleven months because I know it was I know it was bang on two years when they left the business. That's all I'm going to say on that. And the moment was this: this fucking this is shit. Okay, it's not yeah. working. Earning five hundred quid a month, so you just you know debt upon debt. You're just building up. It's just not it's not happening. Um, earning person as in not the business was only five hundred. I was only taking home five hundred a month, which doesn't yeah. cover rent or whatever. Um, and it was just a throwdown moment where I said, something's fucking changed, walked out. They did the rest of the day. I said, I'm going home. You guys can figure out what you want. Um, and then the end result was after a month or however long it, I think it was a month, four weeks, two weeks of talking to them individually was I was getting their shares and buying them out. It's mm. a big decision. So that, that, was, the, that itself, was the big, bro. that was the big turning moment. And every, every decision or every bad decision or lesson I've had to go through, since then is because I wasn't taking accountability and pushing things myself. I was thinking that other people might be able to do X, Y, and Z for me, whether it was my own uh, personal mindset on mental health issues as people like to call it these days or certain business decisions. When I make a decision now, it's because I'm taking accountability for it and I'm moving it forward. I'm not going to be like, okay, you do this part of the job and I'll do this. No, it doesn't work. Mm. Not for mm. me anyway. Do you think, because I've been in a couple of partnerships, not all of them have worked out, hence why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Um, but th this isn't my only business. So I coach, I help people build businesses online uh, using the vessel of storytelling, uh, which is cool. But then uh, I also have this podcast, which supports that. Uh, and then outside of that, I've got a brick and mortar. So I actually um, co-own a plant-based food business as well. Mm -hmm. And it's called Alchemy Kitchen and Gym because at the moment we're kind of adding an extension to that. It's like a small tri private training facility uh, where mm -hmm. we're most likely going to just host workshops um, and things like that. So but the reason I say it is because, you know, the partnership I'm in over there at the moment, um, you know, that is, that is working. Uh, it's been like a year since we've been mm -hmm. working together, probably a bit less. Um, but I've worked on projects in the past that didn't work and I've worked on business ideas in the past with people that didn't work and I kind of came to the same conclusion that that you've just mentioned which is like I think that when there's it's very hard to find the right partners it's very hard to find the right people because what happened with myself and Perry with Fit Story was that when we started this shit together we communicated a lot and we were talking about what we wanted and how we wanted it to look and what the results were going to be and blah 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 blah, blah. but as time went on um the vision became a little bit blurry and it was like he wanted one thing and then i wanted something else and it caused a few issues that in ultimately although we tried to really dig deep and just this is just how business is sometimes partnerships are like this blah 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 blah, blah. we kind of kept going and until eventually it just reached ahead 
and mm. we had to we had to decide to step away from it and i'm glad i did because it gave me a year to go away reflect on what i really wanted this business to look like and what i really wanted division to look like what I, what mission i really wanted to create what i was committed to doing in the world and i've been able to come back full circle and really you know take this on and and drive it forward but the partnerships really difficult i find partnerships can be really troublesome because the the vision is the most important thing in my opinion if you don't know mm. where you're going how can how can you fucking drive there it's like getting in a car with you know a, a, a screen over the a film over the windscreen like you can't see where you're going you're not going to go anywhere no. so i agree with you i think that the, the partnerships thing can be tricky um making that decision though must have been equally hard to take it all on yeah yeah i distinctly remember some going why why would you want to take it all on <laughs> okay um because i knew it was what i wanted it, it was the, the reason the partnership didn't work because you've got three equal uh owners not, not doing anything i i believe in there should be drive and impetus and maybe there was an insecurity and a battle for who's the top dog between the three and whatever um you know i had a client say i distinctly remember her saying she, she was there from then until now and she's like it's always been your gym mm. um and i just think it was that whole you know if one of one of us or two of us have been able to step back and go you drive it we'll support you yeah you know who cares who the leader is as long as we're getting the end result so the, the vision was there it was just the action wasn't being taken yeah and the action begets results so action has a 100 percent return on investment and that, that, that was the key and but i'm in yeah. a partnership now with the app we've got a program design app a training app um i'm in a partnership now with with another guy 50 50 and that seems to be working fine so far solid and, and hope there's a prosperous future for you man um because i was looking at the website and stuff and whilst we're on this conversation of business and what you're doing talk us through the 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 values the winning values oh talk i'm gonna have to remember those. what they are now <laughs> oh <laughs> put you on the spot bro <laughs> so i think w was work ethic you'd have to pull it up um Again, the winning value. So the winning is an acronym, and the acronym obviously each 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 letter stands for something. I think it's work ethic, integrity, uh, no limits. Um, I know gratitude was the last one. There's another N in there, but it was kind of the values and ethics that I used to help create success. And I only came up with it after I hit the world record. I didn't really. Uh, my mentor, a guy called Jeff Sober who mm -hmm. I have, you know, I owe a lot to. Um, he said, the problem with you is you don't think yourself as successful. And this, I'd won England two or three times by then. I did this, did that. Mm -hmm. and I never thought of my, myself as successful, but then I kind of looked back on like, what are the values that have shaped me to help me hit the world record? So I use that and you've put me massively on the spot because I'm, I'm floating around it because I can't remember all of the I've, I've, <laughs> I've pulled it up for you. I've done it. I've done it because I think well, these are work rad. ethic integrity. Never. Yep. The next one is need to act, which is absolutely bang on with what you were just saying. Action yeah. is required for results and coaches will detail. So that's perfect. No limits, which is something you've spoken about spoken on this about. very fucking podcast. Uh, no yeah. problems, only solutions, which is a great one. I am massively in alignment with these. 
which by the way if you're trying to grow a business this is why um having core values is important because you see right now i'm reading these and i'm like i am fucking 100 on point with this and if i did live closer to southampton i would choose the gym because of this hmm. honestly that. i would i would choose the gym because of this because these values align to my values i don't want to be in a gym whose values don't align to mine i don't hmm. want to be with a mentor whose values don't align to mine that's not how we work as human beings we want to resonate and and feel connected to what it is that we what we're being led by and in this case it would be a gym so no problems only solutions i've been saying this for years don't fucking bring a problem to the table bring a problem to the table but bring yeah. a solution or yeah, at yeah, least yeah. bring part of it do something or an don't attempt just... at it try and think about <laughs> it don't <laughs> just oh this is the problem i'm like okay yeah at least I have that with coaches but it's I don't mind people bringing problems to me, but I'd also like to see the effort of, so if someone's working for or with me, it's like, okay, cool. We found a problem, but what, have you got anything you can add to the situation? Or are you just throwing shit at me? Yeah. Yeah. It's so true as well. People do that. They love a problem so that they're never really. And again, we're programmed to do that. We're programmed and conditioned to just present problems and not work through them or find solutions. So that's completely human nature. And then the next one is gratitude, which we've spoken about already before. So like, I, I love this, man. I think this is awesome. And like I said, this is something that would cause me to take action and join a gym is based on these values. And one thing that I want to just touch on as well is this idea of like, um, you know, that you didn't feel successful you didn't feel maybe you deserve the success and but yet you've done all these things you've built the acumen yeah you had the you had the skill set you had the knowledge you had what advice could you give to somebody who is in that place right now who may be listening to this who may be going i don't really feel like i am successful enough to do x i don't really feel like i am mm. successful enough to achieve this yeah, I think one of the things that helped me was again sitting back and reflect, sitting back and reflecting. And there's a um, there's a book. It's an Israeli psychologist. His name is Yehuda Shinar, and he was the guy who was hired by Sir Clive Woodward to help the rugby setup achieve you know the World Cup in 2003. So I read his book, and it, it, it's called uh, the idea is to debrief. And sometimes you do stuff with your clients that you don't always do with yourself, right? And I wasn't doing it with myself. I debrief with them. And the idea is you, you, the first, and it's quite funny. The first question I ask, I tell them, right, we're going to do a debrief after the comp, the Monday after. I want you to talk to me about it then, not now, not, not when it's raw. We're talking about <laughs> And you, the, the three areas, what went well? What can you improve? And what's next? Or what are we going to, you know, what, what's the next goal? You ask somebody what went well and what do they always go for? They always go for, well, this did, but I can prove this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. What you can improve. So they focus on a negative, which is cool because you're focusing on things you can fix. But if you don't focus on what you did well, how can you do it again? Yeah. yeah. And I never thought I, I was good enough. So for me, I, if I debriefed more and reflected uh, to the point where I'm like, you just won England's. I didn't, I'd won England's twice and was fucking miserable after both of them. Didn't feel I deserved it or this or that. I wasn't even happy. I was happy, but not like felt like I deserved it. And it's like, mm. you've just won England's. You've just done this. You've just come second in the world. You've just done the world record. So for, for me, the biggest thing is sitting back and reflecting on your achievement and figuring out what went well uh, could have saved me a lot of mm. uh, pain. It's fucking powerful advice. People don't do it enough. 
people don't do it's, it enough. It's, praise, praise, just praising yourself, finding things mm. to praise yourself, and that that got me out of doldrums before. I know I spoke about gratitude being being a massive part of helping me, but being able to praise yourself. Here's here's a little thing that I do with people when they come in, because I still get. I prefer strength athletes, but I still get people wanting body composition changes. I want to get, I want to get leaner. Mm. And you can mm. tell when they come in, I'm like, okay, I know what your problem is. And I'll go through their assessment and I'll wait right to the end. And I'll go, tell me three things you like about yourself. And invariably they either can't answer. Uh, they don't want to answer or they burst into tears. And a lot of the know. people. Yeah. Yeah. It's all to do with loving yourself. And again, my, my mentor, Jeff Sober, spoke about that. And that was a big thing, a big lesson uh, for me to learn. So if you can figure out ways to love yourself uh, daily or appreciate yourself daily, it'll go mm. a long way to <laughs> fixing a lot of things. But you can tell when people come in, there's a reason you comfort you. Mm. The reason you choose X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit more about um, clients that you help now. Because I think this is 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 a really good conversation. Um, we generally, this is how it works for most of us. We get into fitness, we go through this transformation ourselves, we achieve goals for ourselves, and then there's a point where we say, "Do you know what? I am going to help other people do this." And I assume that happened for you, where it became this thing where you were like, "I can help someone else achieve X, Y, and Z." But what is truly the driving force behind you doing that every day? What makes you show up every day for those people and to help those people? I love progress. I'm addicted to progress. I hate people being static. If you want to be static, you can train somewhere else or with somebody else. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I genuinely, I just don't, I just don't I see love the it. point. I genuinely don't see the point. People want to go through the motions and you get them. And I, It's not that I don't get on with them, but there are so many gyms that make really good money just fucking entertaining clients. They're not achieving dickle, and that's fine. You're just not my market. I'm cool with it. You're not, mm. This isn't the place for you. I, you know, people who come here are all driven by a goal, but they're not just driven by the goal. They're driven to progress towards that goal. You don't have to make huge steps, you know, little baby mm. steps. Show me improvement, and I'm cool. But I think, you know, strength is an easy one for that because it's quantitative. It's not a qualitative market. Oh, I feel better with this. Or that. It's, it's quantitative. So you put more weight on the bar, are you achieving X? I'm just addicted to. It's the Kaizen um, theory that should have been in that ethos. It might have been. Continued improvement is, is, a, is a massive part of what I try to do every day. And I'm addicted to seeing that in clients. I'm addicted to seeing that myself. And I'm a you know, strength athlete, strength athletics. It's very easy to see it because weight on the bar. Fucking love that. And do, do, do you, I assume you, that spills over into business as well and the way you view business. Yes. Like if I can progress, get better one percent, even one percent daily. That's a mic. That's a micro amount of betterment yeah. that has an accumulative result. Yeah, yeah. And the business, the thing I've always struggled with is, again, it's, remember we spoke about not doing not doing things you enjoy. On yeah. marketing, I fucking hate it. I I like social media to learn because I'm addicted to learning more. There's not a lot of great content that gets thrown out. It's cool to see big lists every now and then. But I'm just not really fucking don't like, don't like marketing and I don't like social media. I've never been interested in DMing. I, I have a marketing manager do a lot of stuff for me. But, you know, I'm well aware that 
that will only go so far. I've had somebody else do it before, paying them a fortune a month. They did fuck all for me. Um, this, this one I think is a better match for me, but I'm still aware that if I don't try and improve a little bit with certain things I'm posting, and you will see it recently, the quality and the, the continuity of the message and what we're putting out is definitely getting traction. It's definitely improving, but I, <laughs> sometimes you have to figure out the things you don't like, hire a little bit of them out, but you can't just get rid of them. It's like having an accountant do all your accountancy and then never look at the numbers. It's, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to try my best to apply that to marketing. Yeah. And mate, I think it's, I've, again, I've been following you a little bit now since we connected through Owen and mate, the content looks fucking good. And it again, checked out the website. People need to go check that out. So when this is done, I will be linking it in show notes. You've got a great fucking website. I think it, really does communicate what you do very very well and that to me as a business mentor and as a coach it tells me that the reason why you can communicate it well is because you understand it you get what it is that you're doing you understand why you are doing what you're doing and that is you know that transpires through how you're even helping people and the results they're getting you're very clear on what you want and i think that's very much been the tone of this entire podcast is really if someone could take something away it would be to just get more fucking clear on what you want <laughs> it yeah. seems like so simple obvious advice but it's so fucking true yeah, yeah. no cl- clarity of thought clarity of direction um it's taken a while but it's nice it's nice and easy now mm. and where's it where's it going what's next for you what's the are you going to be old... Go competing competing this is a co- are you going to be okay so com- competition I have one competitive goal left that I want to achieve, then I want to step back and be, you know, right. So if you, if you look at my priorities, it, unfortunately it is me and my goal because I know no other way of doing it. And then everything else underneath. Mm. I, I'm not saying family, family's first, but you know, my goal is then, and then let's say, it's, you know, unfortunately my goal comes before business. Yeah. Um, so I still want to achieve the world record at under 105 for the log. I think it's within my reach. I think I'm capable of it. Uh, the next comp will be July 3rd. So I'll attempt it then. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ultimate goal business-wise is to move facilities. I'm very proud of what we've built here, but I want to move to a bigger place. I want to own the building um, because that, <laughs> when you have a kid, you start thinking about the, uh, the that that chapter, the last 30 years of your life. So, you know, I have a pension, but the goal will be to own the facility for financial reasons, uh, but also the the really ultimate, big, hairy, audacious goal is I want to own a facility, and I want to be able to employ strength athletes. So I want to be able to mm. pay them to compete. I want to be able to pay them to do what they love. So I think I you know I got to where I am without all of that. I want to offer them the opportunities that I didn't quite have access to, and some, mm. and that's contingent on. You know, things like the app taken off, things like uh, the online platform taken off that little mm. bit more to fund that. Yeah. Do you do online coaching as well, don't you? Do you facilitate yes. that yourself? Yeah. 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 That's dope. I mean, there's huge transformations that take place for people. That's one of the reasons why I love coaching so much. It's very similar reasons to yourself. I wouldn't categorize it as progress specifically as that word, but certainly transformation. And and the word that encompasses that is identity shifts. I love seeing people go through identity shifts because ultimately that's what we're doing. You know, I've been saying for a long time now, and you know, some of my terminology as a business coach, people struggle with it at first so you know when i say 
to a personal trainer or to an online coach, you are not an online trainer or a P- PT. And they're like, what? So you're a mindset coach. Go figure that out. People are not in lack of a program. They are not in lack of a meal plan. They are not in lack of any of that shit. They've got all the fucking resources they need. In fact, they've got too many of them. What they really truly lack is the mindset needed in order to carry them forward to do the things they need to do every day. So ultimately, if you want great results for clients, you want to take them through a transformation. You want to go through, get them to go through an identity shift. You've got to start there. People are like, what? Okay. But then it starts to drip in. Oh, I see what you're saying. Another one that I say is you are not selling fitness programs. You are selling identity shifts. Ultimately, what you're selling, it's not a, a case of selling another meal plan or another program. It's, it's something much deeper than that. And that for me is what is really one of the big things, you know, in my coaching business is really seeing people go through these amazing shifts of who they are and um, seeing how that then uh, manifests new results, possibilities and outcomes in their business, you know. Yeah um bro i've really enjoyed this conversation there is one story that you said you'd share and uh i'd like to go back yeah exactly oh i've Um, just clicked i've just clicked what you missed so um basically for you guys listening obviously now you know a bit about tom you know about his gym uh but there was an an article that i pulled up obviously doing my uh, my research on my guests as always because i'd like to be able to feel like i know them before we even do and um, I found this this article in the Daily Echo. And as I'm reading it, it talks about your lovely wife, um, Katie, right? And in there, it says that, you know, you guys met uh, when she joined your gym. <laughs> now, no. I'm currently reading or at the end of the Celestine Prophecy. It's a great book. If you've not read it, James Redfield, really good book. Not my usual type of book. I wouldn't normally read a book like that, but it was recommended it several times. So I decided to pick it up. And in the Celestine Prophecy, it basically talks about this manuscript and, and this ancient Peruvian manuscript and stuff. And in there, it, the whole message is ultimately about how life is just a series of um, coincidences, but not just random coincidences. Like we, we, once we, once a coincidence happens, if we tune into that and we say, "Oh, well, this this has happened because of this," or "Is this going to take me here?" I'm a great believer in the fact that things do happen for a reason for the most part. And I feel like I lean on that because otherwise life would be very meaningless. It would be very just, this has happened. (laughs) 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 What happens next? Well, fuck knows. I don't know, but I woke up one day out of the womb and this is just all going to happen. Like, no, I believe there is meaning to it. So talk to us a little bit about, I mean, that's got to be the greatest ROI on a membership, by the way, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm in negative balance. I think you'll find on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, she joined on the, she joined on a group membership. Uh, we used to do, we still do modified strongman training on a Saturday. And it was a moment. It must've been second, second time, maybe third time. Can't remember when it was. Maybe first, I'd have to ask her. She'll remember more than me. That Because obviously you get from my attitude of people coming to my gym, you're here to work. So I see them, the girls up one end, chit-chatting, not doing what they should be doing, this, that. And I, 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 I you know, zeroed in or lasered into Katie because she was the instigator, I think, at that point. And I've screamed from across the gym, as I do, <laughs> you're not here to make friends. <laughs> you're, you're, here, you're here to train. You're fucking set. Something like that. And you can see it. But 
it's on the t-shirt that I'm wearing <laughs> for the for the podcast. And I remember hearing her like turn around and go to the girls because they laughed afterwards. They were all like, fuck, what, what what's going on here? She's got, oh no, I am here to make friends. She's got a t-shirt that says that on it. That's um, awesome. But another thing, she never she hasn't said this to many people, but she she fucking she hated me for the first one, two, maybe three sessions. But she said there was a moment on the third time she was in where she looked at me from wherever across the gym or whatever, and you know, it just popped into her head, I'm gonna marry him. We weren't wow. dating, we weren't, you know, courting. I think we both had relationships with other people at that point, but it just popped into her head and came true. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, I, be- I believe in fate in certain things. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's a beautiful way to view life as well, right? Mm. Um, how much has she kind of helped you become who you are today? How much has she kind of supported you and built oh, you Oh, fuck. Up? She's, been, she's definitely been a rock because a lot of people don't know much about my story and past and what she might have had to put up with. But, um, oh, yeah, I owe her a lot. <laughs> the thing that attracted me most to her was a sense of just not caring about what other people think. She was carefree. She was happy, um, something, again, I aspired to understand and be like. And she's helped me understand that a lot more. And then, you know, get looking, you know, being, being a part of her, her family as well has definitely helped. Mm. Um, no, I owe her a lot, hence why she gets handbags every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that, mate. Um, I hope that this is not the... the the, the last time that we get to chat either dude um like i said i think i don't make the reason i asked about whether you guys were open or what is to be really truthfully honest i fucking don't watch the news at all and i have no idea what's going on outside of the walls of my own mind most of the time i don't know what's happening with lockdown i don't know when it start when it ends when well i don't literally don't know and i don't care so therefore like I had to ask the question because I was like, our place is open. I literally yeah, yeah. don't know. <laughs> I <laughs> fucking quite, don't know. <laughs> whatever it is, um, I'm pretty sure that something that I found very weird is that they're re- everything's reopening on the 21st of June, right? 21st is everything, yeah? Right. That's the summer solstice. Now, oh. whatever way you want to look at that, I'll leave that cliffhanger go go see what that is all about like are these dates they're pulling out like are they supposed to be coincidental to these types uh-huh. of things or these pagan holidays and fucking all sorts of stuff that yeah. that's just weird um but i hope that we do get to do it again i hope that um sure. you know when you are opened up i'm gonna come down um and uh, come and meet you in person it's a shame we couldn't do this in person you know that'd be great i'd appreciate that i'd um so but i'm always down for round two in fact i've got a guest who's on today again after this podcast i've got another one and kerry ford and she's coming back on and i've also had got uh people like rich wellington rebook on again and stuff like that so the beautiful thing about this and this podcast is that your story is ever evolving so in six months time Mm -hmm. from now or 12 months your story is going to look different to what it looks like today i'm sure because being the man that you are with the values you have and the work ethic that you have and the um, attitude toward life that you have and business in regards to progress. I'm going to make progress. Mm. I'm confident that we're going to be doing this again at some point and hopefully in person. I'll come check out some of those books. That'd be brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Might even bring you probably, you probably read some of them. <laughs> Might even bring you the Celestine Prophecies. Great book. 
Good read. Cool. Sounds good. Um, Sounds good. But dude, uh, where can people come find you? I'm pretty sure if they don't know that by now, then fuck me sideways. I <laughs> have no hope for you. But if if they need the direction, what, where where would people be able to come holler at you? The best way would be via the website, there, which is um, winningstrengthonline.com. Mm. And I recommend, by the way, a lot of fitness professionals, athletes, uh, inf- fitness influencers, etc., that do listen to this, um, go and check out uh, the Winning Strength website. Go and have a look at how it's put together, the branding, the messaging. Like, if you're struggling with that, sometimes it's good to model what is already working and what looks good. So, I would recommend as a business coach. If you're struggling with like, oh, I don't know, you know, blah, 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 then look at what works for other people. Don't ever copy it, you son of a bitch. But definitely take some inspiration. And if there was one person who I would say I've checked out their website and it, mate, you're doing very, it's looking very good. So um, that's where you can go hook up with him. You are also on Instagram, though. Yes. At uh, one. Cool. So go connect. I'm going to leave. Uh, links in the show notes uh this episode has been dope mate thank you very much for joining me and certainly diving into some of your story i'm sure there was um parts bits parts of that that we could have continued to unpack and continue sure. to dive into but like i said hopefully we'll get the chance again until awesome. next time fit story fam you need to come and check out the fit story community we've got some cool shit going down in there i will leave that in the show notes as well and other than that we are out